Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on, everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Hero or Zero. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking one comic book character, as we do every single week. We talk to good points and their bad points, and we just generally give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how is it going? Going well, Connor. God bless you. For anyone who doesn't know, before we started recording, Sean said, I'm going to give you nothing today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to be like a dry shite of an interviewee and not participate at all. (laughs) Do you like comics? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) So, this week, Sean, normally I do DC characters and you normally do Marvel characters. Um, And so, this week... I will admit that I was going to do a different character up until the last minute, and then I changed Ooh. my mind. A last minute substitution. Something a last you minute love to substitution. See. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there was no real reason for this other than the fact that I like Batman Beyond. Okay. And <laughs> no, you? <laughs> I do. I like Batman Beyond, the TV show. It's, it's a little ditty of a TV show not many people have heard of. But it's, it's a good one. And right. I will say that it's part of the DCAU, and what we haven't done here really is, I've never really covered a character that is just solely based, origin-wise, in the DCAU. There's normally some cross-reference between the two of them, right. um, but what I've done today is I'm going to do a Batman Beyond villain that probably a lot of people haven't heard of, but I think is very cool. Right, okay. That's I, I'm interested in this. I've seen... 
some of Batman Beyond, so mm. hopefully I know who you're talking about. There's also a version of this character in the actual comic books, but I'm going to do the one that I see in Batman Beyond because... I feel more connected to that one. If you want to go back and read about the other version, you can. Because today I'm going to be talking about Mr. Ira Billings, otherwise known as Spellbinder, Sean. Not familiar at all with Spellbinder, but I am guessing from the name Magic and Such. Magic is a... He's not magic. Right, okay. I but love DC. He is, <laughs> he's not magic, but he is all about, um, I suppose, very similar to Mysterio in a weird way. Oh, oh, so he's a liar. Okay, I love it. He's a liar more so than he's magic, yeah. So, um, there is there is other versions, as I mentioned, but I'm going to be doing the Batman Beyond version. So I'll just be going through like the episodes that he's in and the plotline that he's involved in in that regard, because I just think there's some really good stories that he's involved in, and they kind of give you a, a great overview of this character that they just created for Batman Beyond. Because yeah. Batman, Batman Beyond had an interesting thing, that it followed the animated series, and so they could have easily just done, okay, we're just going to do all of his rogues gallery is Bruce Wade's rogues gallery, but 40 years older, and... They realised very quickly that wasn't going to work. And so yes. they decided to come up with their own characters like Ink. And there's um, there's Shriek, who's also a great character. Um, and it's just like a lot of really interesting characters that they came up with just for the series itself. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, because you don't want like 40-year... Like, fuck, not even 40, 80-year-old Riddler just like going toe-to-toe with 20-year-old Terry McGuinness every week. Who's in a super-powered Batman suit. Not a fair fight, I would say. No, I, I think they they did it... There was once a fake-out with Bane, I think. Like, with the Bane injections were being used. And they were right. like, oh man, the Bane injections are being used. And then they found Bane in like this really old retirement home. And his body was just ravaged from using the serum for so long. That he was just this mm. really old man that could barely like lift his head. And I, for a minute, I was like, "Oh, they're bringing Bane back. This won't be that fun." But then it it shifted around. I think the only one they really brought back, well, they brought back Mister Freeze, um, yeah. for one episode. That was really really good. Um, they brought back the Joker for the movie, but that's technically I'm not going to spoil anything. But did no. they bring back the Joker? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who can say? <laughs> um, so I will be covering Mister Spellbinder, Sean. So Spellbinder, as I've said, Ira Billings. He's a high school psychologist at Hamilton High Hill High, which is where Terry McGinnis goes to. Okay. Billings felt that he was underappreciated and underpaid while helping troubled children deal with their problems. To that end, he later devised a plan to mind-control wealthy students to steal valuables from their parents. See, he's gone from zero to a hundred there, (laughs) in that he could have asked for a pay rise, probably. Yeah, and also he can mind-control people, so why don't you just mind-control the principal to give you a pay rise? Yeah, or to just give, like, mind-control the bank to give you a load of money. It's not right, but it's better than mind-controlling kids. His first victim was Miss uh, a Chelsea Cunningham, a classmate of Mr. Terry McGuinness, who is Batman in this world. Right. Um, whom he made believe that she was experiencing a jungle exploration in search of an artefact, which was, in actuality, a valuable statuette that belonged to her father. He had Chelsea throw the artefact in a volcano, 
but in truth it was a local stream from which Spellbinder later retrieved the very valuable object. That's quite cool. And I imagine mm. that looks really good animated as well. In terms of visually, he's very cool in terms of like, he can create a scenario that you just think you're in this place. Yeah, and he'll so create a whole f- world. Now, this was their first uh, version of where he came in and it was just very basic in terms of he's imagining just to get you to steal from your parents. But as it goes on, his stories get much... I think he, he gets better every time he turns up because right. they find, they get a bit more of a grasp of his powers. But, um, so, as Ira Billing, Spellbinder covered his tracks by describing Chelsea's actions as a mean of gaining attention from her distant father because he's the psychologist, or uh, the psychiatrist from the school. And so he can so, cover his tracks that way. That's clever. So they, his parents come in and they're like, why is she acting weird? He's like, I don't know, man. She's just like that. She's looking for attention, I think. She's acting out. It's very common in people her age. The man was working as the curator of the... Um, sorry, I should say... The, the following night, Spellbinder brainwashed the father of another victim. Uh, of another student. The man was working as the curator at the Gotham City Museum of Fashion. Spellminder made him believe he was also in a jungle war zone, trying to save a fellow soldier. But in reality, the man was carrying for the villain priceless gow, uh, a priceless artifact out of the building. So he's, imag- he's making him imagine it's like a dead soldier that he's carrying into safety in a battlefield, but he's actually just carrying the really heavy artifact out for him. <laughs> He loves his jungles, this man, doesn't he? <laughs> he does love his jungles. Um, later that week, Spellfinder infiltrated the wedding of the mother of yet another one of Terry's friends. Oh, and made my her believe God. She, was an a- she was on an alien planet. She threw her jewellery off, ble- believing them to be insects, thus allowing Spellbinder to then retrieve her jewellery. So it's he all just about went on the mind floor and picked it up. It's very... It's like uh, the scarecrow toxin as well, like... He just puts them in a different world, so then they just react in a certain way and get something for him, or they get rid of something valuable that they have. That like that is cool, and he's not actively harming anyone either. Like, but well, he's fucking with their minds. But ah, look, he's fucking with their minds. <laughs> so when do you need your mind, Sean? Never, not once. No, you definitely don't. Um, oh, so, nice. <laughs> so interestingly, though. Terry McGillis, in the series, he works for a kind of rich man known as Bruce Wayne. Uh-huh. And um, Bruce Wayne is known to have... Uh, he, Terry is known to be helping Bruce after school, and around it. And so Billings summons Terry to talk to him about the radical changes in his life following the death of Terry's father. But really, Billings wanted information on Mr. Bruce Wayne and his valuables. Later that night, Terry is brainwashed by Billings under the guise of Spellbinder. Um, Terry was stealing from Wayne, believing himself to be participating in a supermarket-themed game show. <laughs> Terry is eventually snapped back to reality and chases after Spellbinder. With the help of Bruce, Terry was able to overcome the villain's mind control technology, and then he defeats an unmasked Spellbinder who's later arrested. So that is, he, he went one too far by taking on Terry. Yeah, and Terry, like, snapped himself out of it, was that it? Um, I think, yeah, he figured it out. He was right, like, okay. this, is, like, this, this is not real. Sense. Yeah, because he's Batman, so it makes he's sense. Batman. Yeah, he's very smart. Um, now, that's his first 
outing as the villain and you're thinking okay he's kind of he he's just by the numbers he brainwashes people into just stealing um jewelry and such but months later he comes back in an episode called hooked up and spellbinder creates an illegal vr room which offers runaway teens their idolized version of their lives but they under the condition that they work for him as thieves so right. addicted to the machines they agree to steal so what happens is they turn up and he gives you a vr machine you put it on and it's basically your perfect life like everything is perfect and he might give you an hour and then he takes it away and then right. you come back the next day and he's like okay here's another hour I'll, it's on the house here's another hour and then he takes it away very sim- i mean it's it's basically he's drugging them up and yeah, so, yeah, it's a very thinly veiled metaphor for drugs. Yeah, and so when he turns back up, when they turn back up, he's like, I will give it to you, but you have to do this thing for me. And then they start getting the shakes, like, no, I want to go back into the, into the like, my happy place. Like, yes. this real world is shit. Yeah, it's like that thing in Inception, where, like, people spend all their time in the dream world because they're happier there. Yeah, and so they agree to steal for him. Um, but also to bring in new teens in order to replace those who had been rendered comatose due to serotonin overdoses, which Fuck. is one of the effects of the VR. Too much of a good thing. Too much of a good thing. So he basically gets them to steal from him, and then there's like, tell your friends. Tell your friends if they want to also come, because I'm after having three deaths already this week, and they're all thieves that I need to use. <laughs> yeah, so I am running out of kids. <laughs> Now, where this comes in is Maxine Gibson, who is Terry's friend, and she's kind of his oracle in the series. And um, she was investigating the disappearance of some of the teens, because all of her friends in school are all, like, disappearing. And she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And so she comes into this VR room, and she uh, gets addicted to it, because he hooks her up to what? Just, he does the thing of, like, she's, like, playing undercover, and she's, like, puts one on. But yeah. in her fantasy world, Maxine still lives with both of her parents, uh, even though her parents are divorced in real life, and her older sister, with her family being very supportive of her overachievements, and they love her for everything. And so she Fuck. becomes addicted then. Yeah, because she's not happy with the life she has, mm. in a lot of ways, yeah. And so it, what Spellbinder does is he basically, he preys on these troubled teens and just brainwashes them to become his minions. <laughs> That's in fun. a way, it, it it but it's also like it's very like of the t- it's like that's how that that's the message they give to kids about like drugs and drug dealers isn't falling in with the wrong crowd and how they the first one is free and all that. And how the episode ends is that Maxine, like Batman, is obviously Terry turns up and he's like, "This is fucked. You're all being brainwashed." And I think he tries to take Terry out. And Maxine comes to her senses, but it's like. It's a really cool episode in the series itself in terms of... Basically, Terry looks at Maxine and is like, even though that's a better world, that's not real life. Like, like life sucks and it's yeah. hard and we just got to get on with it and wake up tomorrow. And she's like, but I want to go back in. And it reminds me, there's an episode of Buffy called Lie to Me where there's a, there's a moment where a guy wants to turn... One of her friends from school wants to turn into a vampire because he's dying of um, right. he's dying of cancer he only has four months to live 
and he's like I want to become a vampire so she's like that's bad and he's like I've got four months to live and so now she's in this really fucked position where she's like she, do I do I let, let him live forever die. or do I kill him <laughs> yeah and it is it's like which is better in the end and so there's a bit at the end where Giles says to uh, is talking and she's like does life ever get easier and, he just, and then before he answers she goes lie to me and he goes, oh yeah, everything goes perfect. Everything's black and white. Yeah. Everything's great. It's and that's a, this episode. And this episode reminds me of that in terms of like Terry has that chat where he's just like, everything is not black and white. Like it's it's good there, but it's not real. Like you need to just get on with your life here. And it's like it's actually probably the series didn't really need to go that deep, but it, it does. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a good series, and Spellbinder's great for that because he gives people everything they want. But without giving them anything. Exactly, yeah. Like it, it, none of it is real. Like it, none of it actually matters. Whereas, like everything in your life that you're already experiencing, that's what you should be focusing on. Even if it's not perfect, it's real. Mm. And where um, Spellbinder, I think my favorite episode of Spellbinder, and shows kind of where he can lead, where he can have like a massive impact, is that there's an episode called Eyewitness. And Spellbinder escapes prison and tries to frame Batman for murder as revenge for having Batman ro- arrest him for the last few times. Yeah. And so it starts with basically Batman is fighting um, one a villain that I described, I think, last week on Movie Monday. is called Mad Stan. And Terry um, is like chasing Mad Stan into this parking garage and... He stops him. Like he take. I think Madstad is about to do something. He he stops him, punches him, and knocks him out. But yeah. Spellbinder projects an illusion to Commissioner Barbara Gordon, in which Terry kills Madstad, thus making him a fugitive of the law. Right. <laughs> so he Ter- Barbara Gordon is the commissioner at this point, and she turns up. And what he does is instead of actually getting involved in the fight, he just. He does very Mysterio-like things where he projects something that people are seeing that isn't actually happening. That's quite cool. I like that he never gets his hands... like he, He'll like comatose some kids, but he doesn't get his hands dirty <laughs> in terms of framing and things like that. No, and so Batman is immediately like a fugitive of the law, and so the whole episode is him basically running away, and Barbara Gordon knows he's Terry McGuinness, and basically he comes to Bruce and he's like, he's a killer. And Bruce is like, he's not a killer. He definitely isn't. He definitely didn't kill him. And she's like, no, I seen it with my own eyes. And so Bruce is like, okay, I have Barbara Gordon telling me you killed someone. And Terry's like, I definitely didn't. He's like, who do I believe? Because yeah. why would she lie either? Yeah, none of this adds up. Like, um, So with the help of Bruce Wayne, Batman is able to clear his name after exposing Bell- Spellbinder in front of the commissioner, revealing his plan. So what happens is, at the end, it basically breaks down that he goes to... I think it ends in the cinema that Bruce goes to, like, as a child. Like, oh, he's fuck. hiding out in the abandoned cinema, Terry is, and all the police are all outside, and they all have guns just pointed at the door, and they're like, we're going to arrest you, you're a murderer. You've gone too yeah. far. And he's just like on his... It's very Mask of the Phantasm, where he's just on his last, like... He's tried everything like to get away. Stand. And he's just like, I can't do anything. And then he just... There's just a slight distortion past the police officers. And then that's when he clocks. And he's just like, there's something there. There's something else going on here. And so he flies past them. And Barbara Gordon's like, "What? where's he going? And he just drop kicks like tin air. 
and it turns out Spellbinder is like a whole illusion around himself that he's there, Fuck. like brainwashing them all or showing them something that they don't see. Yeah, but and he, if he just caught that little flicker, and that's all he needed. Yeah, as Spellbinder was being apprehended, he momentarily stopped to mock Gordon, telling her that his plan had worked so easily because she was believe- prepared to believe the worst possible outcome. So it basically Barbara is always mm. like, he's too young. He's he's not he's not good enough, Bruce. Like he he's too he's too much of a wild card. And so the, it just takes one little thing from Spellbinder to knock her over the edge to be like he's a killer. Yeah, that's interesting for a character that Batman like, uh, sorry Bruce Wayne would like just trust implicitly. Like mm. it's interesting that she's so untrusting of Terry. And the episode ends with Mad Stad, who is a villain. He actually ends in one of the VR rooms, dreaming of his ambition of destroying Gotham City Hall, thus ending the bureaucratic nightmare. So he's just, like, stuck in this VR room, and he thinks he's, he's, like, causing the world to change, and he's in his perfect... So you're just like, he took out one of these villains by just putting this on him, and he just completely ended one of the major villains from Batman Beyond. That's wild. That is... Yeah. And... It's it's kind of fucked. Is it's totally fucked actually? Because even though he's a villain, he doesn't deserve to just like dream until he's in a coma. No, he'll just he'll just go into a coma of serotonin eventually. Because when you're in there, you're still moving and you're still yeah. like sweating and you're still shouting. So in terms of powers and abilities, so there's spellbinders like three major episodes. I would definitely highly recommend Eyewitness or um, Hooked Up. They're probably the two best ones. Okay. Um, and so as a in his powers and abilities, as a trained child psychologist, uh, psychologist, Billings was able to procure sensitive information regarding his patient's parents' valuables. So he, he's basically taking advantage of them talking to him and using it in his tests. Yeah. Okay, like, not not a great move for a psychiatrist, but he's using what he has at his <laughs> advantage. Um, he, Billings is also gifted in the field of virtual reality technology and is able to induce lifelike hallucinations ranging from nightmarish to idyllic, depending on what he wants. So he can turn it nightmarish if you turn on him. That's... So instead of like you living in your ideal world where everything's great, he can put you in your worst fucking nightmare. Yeah, I... It could get to the point where you're like, oh, I didn't get to rob that statue you wanted. Oh, yeah, go back into the VR room there. Don't worry about it. And then he turns it into the nightmare, so you're in a nightmare realm for another hour. That's that's twisted. Or, like, yeah. however long he wants to leave you in there. Yeah, just until you learn your lesson. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's a weird, sinister detail. I like that. <laughs> Um, his primary weapons of choice was either the eye located on the palm of his left hand or an eyeball-shaped sphere that feeds hallucinations inside the victim's mind. The techn- this technology not only could induce visual and auditory illus- illusions, but also induce fake smells. So they really do think that anything they see is happening. Yeah, it's not like it's just, oh, it looks and sounds right. It like smells, and presumably if they like ate food, it would taste perfect as well. But also, if they see, say he does, like, a nightmare scenario where he shows them, like, their parents or their house blowing up, Mm. they would smell the smoke of the explosion. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Spellbinder uses one such projection against Batman, causing him to believe that he was leaping from a cliff towards a waterfall's basin. In actuality, he was falling towards the traffic street below. Um... 
Terry recounted that during the hallucination he could smell the water that he was about to hit. Fuck. (laughs) Isn't that cool? That's ridiculous. He just made him dive into traffic. Yeah, and he just gives... His great um, thing is he overdoses you on serotonin sometimes as well. Yeah, so like he'll just happy you to death. Yeah, and I think that's like a really interesting villain motive. Are going about it instead of blowing everybody up he's like I'm just going to happy you into a coma and then you're out of my hair unless you keep stealing for me yeah exactly um, and so uh, he also proves to be a master of stealth able to elude his pursuers with ease he would often combine stealth alongside his mind control technology and holograms um, during their tra- chase through Wayne's Manor's gar- Wayne Manor's garden, Spellbinder hid behind trees and was able to get Batman and threw one of his ice spheres at him, causing Batman to endure a zombie hallucination while Spellbinder began beating Batman over the head. So oh, Terry sick. thinks there was loads of zombies on top of him, but Spellbinder just on top of him, punched him in the face <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> just getting free hits on Batman. <laughs> exactly. Um, so in terms of uh, trivia... The only bit of trivia I have is that um, Ira Billings' Cellbinder is related to the lesser villain, Delbert Billings, in name only. So Delbert Billings is, um, he's the Spellbinder in the comic books. And his powers, uh, Ira Billings, his powers, skills, technology and modus operandi are closer to those used by Scarecrow, Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter, basically. He's like the Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter combined. That's a pretty good combo. That's a tough one to beat in a fight. Yeah. So how it's I think he's like the DC version of Mysterio, really. Yeah, in that like he he tricks you into believing that you're in danger. Uh, mm. like and, and and he can cause you to like actually jump into traffic, but most of the time it's just like he'll convince you that oh that you killed that person or this person committed murder and all this. That's a really also, cool should- way of going about it. I should mention that in the episode where Batman thinks he kills Mad Stan, he turns up at the morgue and Spellbinder's in the corner hiding. But like he's invisible. And so mm-hmm. when Batman opens up, he's like, he's definitely not dead. I didn't kill him. So when he opens up the trolley, Mad Stan's body is there. Oh, and he's shit. just like, I did kill him. Oh, shit. So he, oh, so even though he knows he didn't kill him, he, he as far as he, like, he's seen the body at this point. Yeah, so now he's like, I did kill him. Oh fuck, Bruce is right, I'm a killer. <laughs> That's ridiculous, I love that. That's cool, yeah. I need to give those episodes a watch. Yeah, I think Spellbinder is probably one of the best that came out of the series. I just thought I'd do something different this week and introduce people to a character that, they, unless they've seen the series, they probably have never even encountered. Yeah, like a, like an, an animated only character. For much, mm. like I get their similarities between the other guy. But, like, this iteration of this character is just in the animated show. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's it for my report, Sean. Excellent. Would you like me to take us out, Connor? Please. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Hero or Zero. We will be back on Monday with Movie Mondays, Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, and next Friday with another episode of Hero or Zero. Big thanks goes out to everyone on the Patreon who supports us. Patreon.com slash Heroes for Hire podcast. Twitter at Heroes for Hire pod. The four is the number four. Facebook, Here's for Hire Podcast, or Detective Devilman's Discussion Group. Um, Instagram, Here's for Hire Podcast. Here's for Hire underscore Outlook.com is the email if you want to send that in over that way. And most importantly, just tell one human being that we exist. Just a one, please. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Meehan. I will see you next week, guys. Bye.
Bye. Bye. 